This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Hey, Pat Calamari here. Pat Soundbites Unplugged podcast for Friday, January 31st, 2020. Hope everybody had a great week and looking forward to a wonderful weekend. Had a great chat today with an extremely talented musician, Mr. Kasim Sultan. Well, world-renowned bass player, as well as a singer, a songwriter, bassist, keyboardist, producer, pretty well known for his years in a wonderful band called Utopia. Todd Rundgren, Roger Powell, Willie Wilcox, and Kasim Sultan. And uh, they were they were a band to be reckoned with in the 70s. And uh, Kasim talks about uh, how he uh, got the music bug. Talk about luck and hard work and timing on he uh, how he got into utopia talked about the sound of utopia you know I did you know unless you ask Roger and Willie more of jazz influence compared to Todd and Casim more pop which I thought was pretty unique Casim also played in numerous rock bands Joan Jett Scandal, Hall and Oates, Blue Oyster Cult, Meatloaf. I know we didn't get into the chat too much, but he was a pretty big impact on Bad Out of Hell. I interviewed Todd Rundgren a couple of years ago before I got to see him up in UPAC in Kingston. And he mentioned uh, Chasm on Bad Out of Hell, all recorded at Brownsville Studios up here in Woodstock. Chasm had uh, a hit single, top 40 hit, uh, Set Me Free. He talks about the title and uh, the concept and why it was titled that, which I thought was pretty neat. He talked about his Canadian hit, uh, Don't Break My Heart, and talked about his songwriting. I mean, he's got a songwriting partner and he writes beautiful, beautiful lyrics. I encourage you to go out and buy his album, his CD entitled Three. He shared with us. He has a new album coming out this summer. I know he will get that to me. And uh, I definitely fall in love with his tracks on Three. He's a gifted, very gifted and talented uh, singer, songwriter, and again, all-around musician. And I love his music. And we'll be playing a lot of tracks on WBXO, Chasm and his band coming to Daryl's on Friday, March the 6th, and there are limited tickets. And he loves playing at Daryl's. I think he said this is his fifth time there, whether he's been there solo or with Todd. So, great, great chat. A lot of fun. Super cool guy. If you're not in the New York area, please go to his website, check out the dates. 16 shows upcoming, starts at the end of February, 
and uh, definitely go out and support this uh, extremely talented musician, CassimSultan.com. Um, buy a t-shirt. Great guy. Okay, as I always end, have a great weekend. Live, love, and laugh a lot because life is way too short. Here is Mr. Kasim Sultan. Hi, everybody. It's Kasim Sultan, and you are listening to Pat's Sound Bites Unplugged Podcast. WBXO Classic Rock Redefined in conjunction with Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. I'm super thrilled. A pleasure to be speaking today with world-renowned bass player, singer, songwriter, arranger, producer, multi-instrumentalist, all the way from Staten Island. He does it all, Mr. Kasim Sultan. How are you, my man? I'm really well, Patrick. Thank you for that that, that amazing introduction. <laughs> well, certainly, thank you for your time. Kasim and his band, Kasim Sultan's Utopia, will be beginning a 16-show tour, which starts on February 28th at the City Winery in Washington, D.C. And for us locally, he's returning back to Daryl's House Club on Friday, March the 6th. I can report all reserved tables are sold out. Limited tickets are available, so I encourage you to get your tickets. It's going to sell out. Call 845-289-0185 or go to DarylsHouseClub.com. So, Kasim, I'm watching your wonderful video with Pete, the rescue dog. I know you seem very excited getting on stage and performing at some of these awesome venues like Daryl's. You know, it's always, I've been playing Daryl's House now, I think it's been like at least the last five years, five, six years I've been playing there. Yeah. And uh, every year I go out, uh, when I'm not working with other artists, I go out uh, by myself, and uh, Daryl's House is always on the uh, on the list of places that I play, uh, and it's a great place to be, the food's amazing, I, you know, Daryl and I go back to the 90s when I was in the band, and... Um, I just love it up there. I really, really love it. Pete Moshe, who who runs the sound and the audio and the the uh, video for the club, is just one of my closest friends. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a great night. Oh my great god! I, I I practically live there. I love Pete. I love Angelo. And uh, it's just a home run for us here locally to have that and have great artists like yourself in all the time and playing and like you said the food is good the drinks the, I, I get on stage and introduce some of the artists and say you know it doesn't get any better than this of coming here and seeing great every, entertainment every single night here at Daryl's let me let me start off Cassim I'm always interested in hearing how music started you know for the artists or for you growing up in Staten Island was any of your family musically inclined how did that all begin for you well, you know, I'm, my my dad was a hobbyist. Uh, he played a uh, little bit of guitar uh, after dinner um, on any given evening wow. uh, on the on the back porch. We'd sing uh, as a you know. I mean, this is just like this is Norman Rockwell stuff. You know? <laughs> um, we would sit on the back porch of my house uh, that my mom still lives in and uh, sing songs like "On Top of Old Smoky G Crack Corn." <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't want to play in your yard. Uh, it, a bunch of uh, you know, like old standards. Yeah. My dad would kind of pick it out on guitar, and, and that was that was my introduction to uh, to music, actually. That's great. That's a great story. So let's fast forward a little bit. How did you get the big break in joining the incredible 
Todd Rundgren, Roger Powell, and Johnny Willie Wilcox in Utopia. And what was that experience like for you? Well, that was just a series of happy accidents. Uh, you know, it's uh, like most things in life. You uh, you have a little bit of talent, and you, uh, you 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 put yourself out there, and and you try to make stuff happen. And then if you have any luck at all, uh, the stars align, something happens, uh, you're in the right place at the right time, which that's exactly how it happened for me. Uh, I heard mention that Todd was looking for a bass player. I. I said I was interested to the right people. They recommended me. I went up and auditioned um, uh, to, to Woodstock uh, in 19, April of 1976. Um, initially, they didn't think that, uh, that I was the right person for the band. Really? Because I, well, because I was only, I just turned 20 years old. Oh, so they're looking at experience and like, who is this kid? Yeah, I had never been on tour before. I'd never made a record before. Uh, I'd been in the studio. But I really didn't. Uh, I didn't have any kind of real uh, hard, uh, hard won experience on my side, and uh, and they took a chance on me. Uh, and uh, well, the rest is you know the rest is history. Well, you 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 earned it. You worked hard, and you you proved yourself that this was the right chance. That is really cool, sir. I did work hard. I definitely did. Yeah, I mean, when you get that chance, and you said like timing accident it, it just you know it happens and when they say okay kid we're gonna give you a chance it's you're like really okay of course you're gonna you're gonna do everything you can if you don't well then you know you're gonna be throwing newspapers in Staten Island or you know whatever down there yeah yeah and mom and dad aren't gonna be too happy but no I mean I think my mom would have been happy because she uh, you know even to this day says to me you really should have something to fall back on <laughs> So, That's um, cute. So you, you know, I, 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 I kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt, and um, I love my mom dearly. But you know, whenever she says that, I'm like, Ma, you know, I, I have a career. <laughs> I've done okay. Really? Do you gotta go on tour again? Come on, stay home. I got some good pasta for you. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Growing up in the Bronx, I, I don't have that story, but I had a mother just like that. Trust me. You bet. You know, everybody's got to be a lawyer or a doctor. Come on, Patrick. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You needed to go to college. Oh, yeah. You needed to go to college. So certainly in the seventies, I mean, Utopia, a groundbreaking, uh, say, progressive rock band that later became maybe a little bit more pop rock, but more importantly, I think what was really unique is the fact that all four of you guys were songwriters, you can sing, ex perform extremely well, and I don't know, Kasim, I mean, not many bands, past or present, really all have that incredible music skill set. I mean, a true rarity, no? Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how rare it is. Uh, any band worth its salt, the members, uh, you know, everybody contributes uh, their own particular uh, uh, flavor to, to what the overall outcome is. And uh, I, I mean, I look at, uh, at you know, bands that, that my friends are in and my, and my peers are in. And I mean, for the most part, you know, everybody has... Uh, Everybody has their own thing that they uh, that they bring to the table. Uh, in Utopia, um, you know, Roger and and Willie were uh, they were big jazz heads. They they loved jazz music and uh, and they brought these uh, 
these kind of like kooky chord changes to a lot of the songs and uh and that 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 music music sense of uh of jazz records todd and i were more on the pop uh side uh maybe todd was a little bit more progressive um but uh you know we we wrote pop songs and uh that you know that that's how and so so you put everything together in a big pot and stir it up and whatever comes out is the music of the band you know but that's great i mean all the different influences like you said you put it all in a blender and boom you get the you get the musical sound of the great utopia speaking of songwriting you wrote an awesome song set me free off the adventures in the utopia album which is noted as utopia's only top 40 hit in the u.s which amazes me every time i think about that how did what's the story behind this song uh Kasim? Uh, when I first joined the band, I uh, everybody we signed a record deal with Bearsville Records. Everybody was uh, was signed uh, as uh, collectively as a band and individually as uh, solo artists. Wow! Everybody in the band, uh, uh, Roger, Willie, myself, and Todd had had a solo record deal. Of course, Todd would have a solo record deal. But um, so uh, uh, part of the. Uh, Part of the terms of the contract was that I got 100 hours uh, recording uh, studio time uh, free per year wow. in which to work on my demos and stuff like that. So so that first year, right after um, 19, I guess it was 1977, uh, for a year, a year and a half, I spent in the studio working on demos for what would what what I, I had hoped would become my first solo record. Um, when I brought the material that I was working on to Albert Grossman, who was the president of the record label, he listened to it and he said, you know, you just, you're just not ready yet. It should, you need a little bit more time, a little bit more uh, experience. Uh, you need to hone your craft a little bit more, keep working. And, and, you know, and at 20, I guess I was about 22 or 23 years old, um, at that time, I was just full of piss and vinegar, and I, I just wanted my way and wanted wanted to do a record then. I did not want to wait, and I told him that okay, uh, I, I wanted off the label. I, I, I wanted to be able to pursue getting a record deal um, from another record label if he didn't want to do it. Uh, and you know it's it, at that point it's it, it becomes business and he said okay you can you can leave he said but it'll cost you this amount of money oh, and, and points on your next record and, and or whatever record you decide to make uh, and i was absolutely flabbergasted that i had to basically pay pay him get out of yeah to get out of a record contract that i never did anything on um, but again, you know, that's just how business works. And so I wrote Set Me Free. <laughs> Great story. And thus, there we go. See you, pal. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. I, you know, and, and to be perfectly uh, honest and, and fair, uh, Albert was right. I needed more time. I needed to hone my craft a little bit more. I was a little bit too... Um, too green, too wet behind the ears to, to make the kind of record that I really wanted to make. I needed a little bit more life experience before that happened for me personally. So uh, while I begrudged Al Albert Grossman for um, for not allowing me to make a record on Bearsville on that or in, with that original contract, he was correct in his uh, in his observation that I needed a little bit more time. 
but you did have to have a smile on your face when your song is climbing the charts going Phew! Okay. Oh, that was that. That was a that, that was a perfect example of vindication. There you go. And then also, I see uh, as a solo artist, you hit the Canadian top forty charts in yeah. in eighty two with "Don't Break My Heart," which is cool. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, that that was definitely surprising. Unfortunately, I never got uh, around to touring in Canada. I would have loved to because I love Canada. But um, yeah, I had a top 40 hit in Canada. How <laughs> do you like that? Yeah, hey, whatever works, right? Whatever pays the yeah, bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I know, you know, Utopia, there's the breakup and, you know, this and that. And I saw that you play with different bands, Joan Jett, The New Cars, Milo, Scandal, Hall & Oates, Blue Oyster Cult, and all their others. Would you say, Chasm, having worked with all these amazing artists during your time, your career has helped in your path today as a solo artist? You have to be more polished and you can network off and pick up the phone and call. And what do you think? You know, uh, I, I am I, I am so lucky to have worked with such a, a vast, uh, a, a wide genre of artists. Uh, I, I'm really, really fortunate to have, have done records for people as diverse as, you know, from Joan Jett to Celine Dion. Um, uh, wow. it, there's a lot of a lot of musicians can say that you know that oh, I've, I've played on this record, I played on that record, I played on this record, I played on that record. You know, maybe one some one musician says, yeah, I, I you know I played on a uh, on a Weezer record, and then the next day I was in the studio with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's that's just that's a testament to your to to your ability to um, to to be a contributor on any level, and uh, and, and so. Playing with Joan was—I uh, I loved playing with Joan Jett. That was a real treat for me. And then right from Joan Jett, I went to Hall and Oates. Okay. And I—I I spent the next three years after I left Joan. I spent three years playing with Daryl and John. Uh, and there's pr those, those are pretty much opposite ends of the spectrum music. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I kind of fit well into both bands. So um, I'm very proud of the fact that I, that I, I have the ability or to, to do that, you know, to be able to do that. It's just that that's just a real, it puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it's special. It takes a lot of talent to switch from genres, from a hard rock or a rock to a more bluesy wall of notes, and then you can yeah. jump into, you know, Bat Out of Hell, or then you go into Blue Oyster Cult, you know, Don't Kill the, Don't Feel the Reaper. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, you, you, you know, not everybody can do that. Some people are just, you know, I'm a, I'm a heavy metal guy, and, and that's it. So good for you. Now we go into today, listening from your tracks off your album, your CD3. Oh, my goodness, Cass. Beautifully written, easy listening. You know, I close my eyes listening to the tracks, and I just envision some of your tracks, and I mean this, I'm not BSing you, seem like it could be soundtracks for, you know, movies about love. I mean, fell in love for the last time. Beautiful lyrics. Watching the world go by. I mean, Mark Rivera, soprano sax, just adds that right touch to the song. I mean, the clocks all stop. I'm a lyric guy. Time is eternal, but time goes slow when you're waiting for the world to change. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, um, I work with a really, really great songwriter, lyricist, uh, Phil Thornley, who has a, a record out himself called Astral Drive. Okay. And um, Phil and I um, write very well together. I'm very comfortable. 
people working with him. Uh, a lot of times uh, I, I bring in a musical idea and Phil takes uh, takes the reins and comes up with you know with the lyrical ideas and then between the two of us we polish it off um, he is just one of the most brilliant songwriters that I've ever worked with and we just finished a new record uh, that I will be releasing later this year yeah so uh, as good as as, as three was uh, and uh, is uh, and Phil I think uh, we co-wrote about four or five songs on three this new record we've co-written all 10 songs and um, it's some of the best stuff that I've ever done wow. so I'm very very excited about it uh, if you like if you like three you'll love this next record yeah no I mean I I, I really I want to listen to more at three I mean 15 minutes you know I got that thought of everybody's got 50 you know the, the saying 15 yeah. minutes of uh, you know uh, what is it 15 seconds or 15 minutes of being famous well the, yes Andy Warhol said that in the 60s that you know uh, sometime in the not too distant future everybody's gonna be famous for 15 minutes. right the Traveler, I, I took it as, you know, your your way of saying, talking about your touring life. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. It's exactly what that, that is. It's just, I have spent, uh, I guess this would be 40, my 45th year, uh, in, no, 40, 44th year uh, touring as a, as a touring musician. So um, uh, when I wrote that song, it was all about, you know, just life on the road, uh, going from town to town. Some places I've never been, some places I've been to a million times, and uh, and how it feels just being that kind of, you know, traveling troubadour, uh, going uh, from, from hotel place, to place yeah. playing music. Yeah, no, I got that right away. I said, I got to ask him about that one. The, the, yeah, I love three, and I'm definitely pleased. I can't wait to... Uh, Get a copy of your new record and certainly play it. I mean, Mom, come on, 44 years as a touring musician. Do I really need a backup job? Well, you know, she's, she's my mom. I know. No, no, no. It's all good. She gets, it's she a, gets a pass. No, no, absolutely. God bless she her. Just, she just turned 90 this year. Yeah, wow. Beautiful. All right, so um, before we wrap things up, I did spot something else uh, preparing for our chat. Was, was in September of 2015, you were involved with uh, the, the legendary songwriter Paul Williams, my goodness, with this FacingAddiction.org concert headlined by Steven Tyler, Cheryl Crow, the sing-along voice of the change. Why, what was, uh, where did this all come from? What was it, why was it so important for you to be a part of this uh Pretty well uh, documented uh, the thing going on here. Celebrate recovery. Well, I, uh, I'm in long-term recovery. Uh, okay. I've been, uh, I've been sober for 30, uh, 30 years. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And uh, there was uh, a, a, a good friend of mine, um, uh, a guy by the name of Don Furtman, who uh, works, is uh, one of the, um, the chief operating officers over at Subway, uh, is uh, uh, it was involved with a guy by the name of Greg Williams, um, who put the whole thing together, had this idea of a concert to uh, raise awareness for long-term recovery in uh, in the United States. And this was back in nineteen in uh, two thousand and thirteen, or uh, I think either two thousand thirteen or two thousand fourteen. Um, and so, uh, of course, uh, when uh, you know when it was brought to my attention, I said, "What what can I do to help?" Uh, and um, Paul 
Williams was contacted because Paul's, uh, I, 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 I don't want to break anybody's anonymity, but Paul is also in long-term recovery, and he and I um, put our, uh, our, our talents together, came up with, uh, with a song that was the theme song for the day, and we took, uh, went to Washington, had about 20,000 people on the lawn in front of uh, the Washington Monument uh, to celebrate... Um, uh, long-term recovery in the United States and the fact that uh, there is help out there for people who want it. Good for you. Congratulations on your 30 years and, and great job with you and Paul and everybody involved. Boy, do we need this more now than yeah, ever with this uh, whole opium thing and all this other garbage going yeah, on. It's, it's pretty it's pretty horrible what, what, what's happening to the youth of America. Not only the youth, but, the, you know, but everyone. Uh, addiction touches millions and millions of lives every day, whether directly or a family member um, uh, or someone, uh, a loved one or, or a friend. And uh, the more that we can do to help people um, who have uh, problems with uh, substance abuse, the better off we'll be as a country and, and as a people. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm, I'm all with you, my man. I, I love the idea and I'm all 100% supportive of, of all of that. Kasim, Kasim Salton's Utopia returns to Daryl's house on Friday, October 6th. Um, obviously, your time in Utopia made an impact for you when you want to go on the road and showcase the wonderful music that you've created. How does one begin to create a set list for the large Utopia killer catalog of music? Um, it's actually not that difficult because <laughs> uh, what I do is uh, I, I kind of concentrate on songs that might not have been um, played a whole bunch. Okay. Um, so I, I like to go a little bit deep and uh, uh, and I also have to um, consider that, you know, people want to hear certain songs and so it's uh, it's not as difficult as it as it seems. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I look at the uh, at, at the amount of material that I have to pick from I picked uh, 19 songs, and there you go. There you go. Anything yeah. else on your bucket list, Kasim, that I could help promote? I know we're, we already talked about the new album. Anything else that uh, a book, a uh, soundtrack? You're gonna do a gonna. Uh, you're gonna be probably back on the tour with on the road with Todd right after the 16 shows, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, after my tour, uh, I have a, a couple of weeks uh, to myself, and then I go back out with uh, Todd on his. Uh, individualist uh a wizard of true star tour starting on may 1st um and that goes until the middle of june well we're looking forward to seeing you at the ridgefield playhouse in connecticut on may 27th and 28th i got to see you guys uh in upac at the white night tour up in kingston about 2017 oh, okay. and that was yeah. great that was a fantastic show i encourage all the listeners to get your tickets today for the show at daryl's i know it's going to sell out for listeners outside new york looking for a show near you go to casim's website casimsutton.com buy his album three check out his store buy this satin island guy a t-shirt or maybe two casim i thank you again for your time today and hope you enjoyed the chat as much as i have well, i had a great time talking patrick thank you so very very much thanks for having me absolutely casim sold today on wbxo we are classic rock and we are redefined